1: every time
2: and if you love the Filet-O-Fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Patrick please tell me you're recording
3: I am indeed recording
2: so uh in that case is a manifesto <laughs> just a list of everything that's on a Mexican boat
3: that's really funny that's really funny <laughs>
2: Come on, you gotta laugh, nobody's laughing
3: <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast with legs like alabaster columns My name is Ethan
2: <laughs> What?
3: It's from Song of Songs
2: oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's Patrick Patrick, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really happy to be podcasting with you today because all week, you know what I've been talking about? What's that? The The Crunch Bible Cast. The Crunch Bible Cast. I cannot stop talking about it. I can't stop thinking about it. I'm so excited to do it. What if
3: What if that becomes the normal podcast? Like what if it gets what if what if the Crunch Bible Cast becomes so, so successful, successful that we have to switch casts. That this is
2: our this is our bonus podcast, and the Crunch Bible cast is our real podcast. Uh, I think that that's very uh, likely. I actually think it's almost guaranteed that the, <laughs> that the Crunch Bible cast will become one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Bible cast. You remember when everyone was like, oh, Father Mike Schmitz has got the biggest Bible podcast ever in the world. It's so big. big so, sorry, Joe Rogan. See you later. Uh, <laughs> listen.
3: Joe Rogan does not deserve to have the biggest podcast. You ever, Father Mike Schmitz deserves that.
2: You ever heard of John the Baptist? Yeah. You know what he did?
3: He prepared the he way. He prepared the
2: way. Okay.
3: For the messianic crunch pot Bible <laughs> cast. <laughs> the way <laughs> for the proverbial.
2: The proverbial we we're we're out here feasting on locusts and honey, just biding our time, waiting for uh <laughs> for it to happen. And it's coming. Summer twenty twenty one. Be ready.
3: And In the Crunch Biblecast, you'll get answers to questions that you didn't even know you had, like, why does John the Baptist uh, eat locusts when the book of Leviticus says don't Don't eat eat any insects with wings?
2: Mm. Interesting. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know the answer to that question either, but I did read some of Leviticus this week and who boy. It's pretty nuts. Find answers to questions, uh, including, but not limited to, what is that guy Herod all about? What's he doing? What's he doing? What's he up to? Huh? What's, up to? What's, What's that a, guy? What? What is a Tetrarch anyway? <laughs> Yesterday,
3: Phoebe and I were watching Breaking Bad. We oh. never watched Breaking Bad before. We started watching it. And boy, does he break bad. He, anyway, He does. Uh, Very quickly, he does, he really, actually. He really do. Uh, there have been several times where I've turned to my wife and I've been like, I guess that's why they call it Breaking Bad. Uh-huh. And she's like, stop like, making that shit. Every four minutes. But anyway, do uh, you know how they, they like... They like to they like to open with a with a scene that with a character you've never seen before doing something strange. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday they opened and this guy was like getting out of his truck mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Phoebe was like, "Who's this guy?" And I laughed because like that's exactly the question they wanted yes. the viewer to think: like, yes. "Who's this guy? What's he up to? Huh? Oh, he found something. I wonder what he found. Oh, he found money.
2: Oh, oh. <laughs> I wonder what the how that's going to tie into the episode."
3: Yeah, right. That's
2: <laughs> It's literally like
3: and she, she got mad at me for making fun of her, for but I was like, it's just funny because that I was thinking that exact same thing. Right. I just didn't verbalize it, you know.
2: And I think it's the exact same thing. The gospel writers understood this well, right? Yes. They talk about and John the Baptist was baptizing in the desert. Mark's gospel doesn't start with anything. It just is like John the Baptist was out there baptizing. And and everyone's like He really do be out here baptizing. <laughs> and then and then you're you're a second century, third century, you know, person and you're reading this and you're saying to yourself, "Who's this guy?" What's he up to? What's he up to? Right? That's the I think that's just it's the universal law of storytelling. Is you got to give yeah. you got to give the audience something to say who's this guy what's he up to? Maybe that'll be the name of our Bible podcast is who's this guy what's he up to.
3: It'll be it'll be our podcast our Bible cast will be called What is the deal with and then each episode title will be the finishing sentence. So, what's the deal with blank. You know.
2: The 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 one where they all all the infants under two died.
3: <laughs> the one the one where Moses grinds up the golden calf to a powder and makes everyone drink it. I told that story during uh during youth group and everyone was like, What Whoa.
2: the one where the Levites kill everyone
3: <laughs> I something that something that I've I've learned from the Father Mike Schmitz Bible cast, the forerunner of the Crunch Bible cast. Yes. Is uh is how, like, like, the context of everything that goes on and how ridiculous some biblical arguments are, like how ridiculous some, um, some questions that people have had in the past about the Bible actually are if you read the whole book at once. For instance. Like
2: what? Yeah, give, give me the for instance.
3: For instance. Um, Levitical laws. People make jokes about, oh, if you, you know, uh, the, a common argument that I've heard is... Uh, the, the the laws about the laws regarding homosexuality in Leviticus don't make any sense because in the book of Leviticus you also have laws that say don't mix fabrics
2: and don't, you know? or don't eat shellfish yes yeah
3: but those laws are in two very different sections of the book of Leviticus uh, the the law in Leviticus about homosexuality is next to laws like uh, don't have sex with your sister
2: don't have sex with animals is also right yes. there too.
3: That's it's and and so like, I think I think if you're going to be an honest uh, an honest arguer right, if you're going to honestly look at those biblical sections, you have to say why are all of these laws next to each other? And if I accept one, do I have to accept all of them? Um, the answer is yes. But then similarly, uh, the book of Exodus. Even when I was younger, I had a friend who was upset at the story of Passover because he was like, "What kind of God would?" uh would kill all of these people right um and when you read it in context the book of exodus starts out with pharaoh going murder all the babies yeah (laughs) you know and it's like (laughs) this is not this is not like the innocent little egyptians and and with they're they're just walking
2: around king tut (laughs) yeah we're just like yeah hey we're like kill that guy look at us kill steve martin doing the king tut dance (laughs)
3: <laughs> look what's look what's going on here we're just we're just egyptians we're chilling we're and just, no oh, we're like doing murdering is, hebrew baby
2: we're just building this pyramid bro like yeah we're just building this pyramid god i don't know what's going leave on leave us alone we just, so, we're just making so, this... so
3: what we're enforcing we're enforcing slave labor to build a pyramid that's not a big deal we're just we're so just trying to build a big i took away
2: the israelite straw and told them to make the same amount of bricks can you really blame me they can were you really asking blame for me? vacation time no. Yeah, if
3: they have come that, on. if they have time to go out on a big old road trip, they right. have time to pick up straw. straw
2: along the way and make more bricks for this cool big pyramid that I'm making, right? God, like for myself for myself,
3: <laughs> so I can have all my riches when I die. Yeah,
2: I mean, come on, come on, God, come on, God. God. come on. Listen to <laughs>
3: <laughs> all of this and more on the Crunch Bible Cast. <laughs> it really is.
2: We're just kind of testing out the waters here, aren't we? So, what's been going on with you? Um, i been reading the Bible a lot. That's uh, good. Yeah uh yesterday i had a great time sometimes uh when we go out on campus and we barehand hand and we just walk up to strangers and try to strike up conversations with them sometimes it doesn't go great and you just get rejected a bunch of times yeah, i can imagine and you yeah. leave feeling very defeated yesterday was a good day partly because there was one man in the middle of the student union who had taped to the front of his shirt do three jumping jacks i'll give you two dollars and he was just standing there and so i walked up to him And I did three jumping jacks and just out of his pocket without saying a word, he just hands me $2 and then Sam goes up and Sam does three jumping jacks and he gives Sam $2 and at this point, like the people started, I hate to say it, surging in and just what, like literally there was a line, one after another, people would just go up to him and like kind of look around and be really self-conscious and like laugh and then do three jumping jacks and he would just give them $2. And then they walked away. People were like filming it. Like it was just one of the funniest things. And I was like, what are you, why are you doing this? He goes, I just thought it'd be hilarious because there are some people who no matter what, like you'll give them will refuse to do it. Like they will, they'll just stand there and you'll be like, do three jumping jacks. And they'll just be like, no, I'm not going to do it. And I think he just (laughs) thought it was funny that there were like so few people that were willing to come up and do it, you know? And like the people that did do it, they just got the money. Uh last story, bit of a bit of a gambling story. This is not the same level as Tough Irma, but uh sim- oh, wow similar okay. levels of excitement. So I was at a, oh, a I was at a focus <laughs> recruitment weekend this past weekend. And we were driving back and we stopped and we got Chipotle for lunch and we were just enjoying it was Sunday, so it was like we were enjoying our Chipotle. We needed gas in the Nissan Armada it was a rental. That thing's a freaking tank. If anyone out there drives yeah. a Nissan Armada, I respect you. Cause I felt like I had got my boating license and I was just <laughs> going down the freeway in a pontoon. But anyway, so we go to the gas station, we get gas and then I'm, I'm filling her up. And then the two guys that I was with Clayton who's the team director at OSU and, and a guy who was interviewing go into the gas station and they're like getting water or something, but they're taking a long time and they had the key. So I couldn't, do anything. So I go in, I'm like, what, what's going on? I thought we were going and I see them at the, there's like these big machines now that you can buy lottery tickets, you know? Um, Yeah. And, uh, Clayton's buying a lottery ticket and I was like, all right, that's fine. It's like mega millions is 200 million or something. I was like, okay, whatever. And I was like, Hey, do you guys want some scratchers? You know? So I was like, I'll, I'll buy you guys some scratchers, you know, I'll get, I'll just like three, three for each of us. And so I buy like the five dollar ones because it's no fun to buy the one dollar ones because the upside is is a lot lower. The five dollar ones is like, oh, if I can win ten, like that's doubling my money. That's pretty good. Uh, so about three five dollar scratchers. I didn't win anything. Michael didn't win anything. Clayton won, I think, um, ten dollars. And so we nice. we're like, awesome. So he goes in, he cashes the ten, he comes back into the car, and I was like, you should just buy, it. you should buy a ten dollar scratcher. <laughs> that's um, how they get you. And so and so he goes back in and buys it and at this point this woman is like what are you guys doing we're like oh we're just having a good time like she's wanting a cut of like what we're winning and the lady's talking to us so we buy a ten dollar one get back into the car lock the doors these <laughs> are so just sitting in the parking lot of this <laughs> gas station the pile of uh scratchers just accumulating Clayton's are scratching 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 eventually he yells and we won $40 on the second one he was so thrilled that's great and so I was like great we've made money let's be done and then they were like no 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 we got to take this as far as it goes and so I was like do we really have to do that that's
3: that's how that's (laughs) called that's called losing that's called losing money (laughs) so we went and we bought
2: two $20 scratchers oh gosh um and then we won 20 more dollars and then we bought one more $20 scratcher uh, or maybe it was like two more tens and then we we didn't win anything else. And so yeah. it was like we yeah. like went up. It was it was like GameStop. It like went up really high and then we kind of like went down and we were still up there and then it just tanked. <laughs> yeah. it, it was over again. So that's how it goes. It was pretty fun though. For that 15 minutes, I was alive. Mm. I was I was living living bigly. They,
3: someone at the parish, someone at the parish asked me to contribute uh scratch-off tickets for a lot, for a raffle basket it was like just a basket full of raffle a a raffle basket full of scratch off tickets Uh and i bought i bought i bought two so i could give them one and win my money back on the second one and i didn't (laughs) money back on the second one i will say though (laughs)
2: i mean for scratch offs are basically just low tech uh slot machines because yeah all you're doing is just matching the pictures and if you match the pictures then you get whatever the thing says you get money yeah uh and so it's, and just, it's
3: even easier for them to rig it because right. they only have to send out a couple like that yeah. are actually legit.
2: So you just, yeah. you just print it and it's just fine.
3: And it's likely they're not even going to it's likely they're not even going to lose the money because people like you guys mm-hmm. just run it out. Right. Yeah.
2: And it's just funny how like three rational, intelligent men with college degrees <laughs> can just so quickly devolve into what are you going to get? What are you going to get? Scratch, 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 scratch. scratch, scratch see it is, is. Oh, no, no, go buy another one. Like it's just so quick. Like how I don't know what it is, yeah. but they figured it out like the down to a science of ways to get three rowdy boys yeah. riled up, uh, and it was it was so fun. Forty
0: dollars, forty dollars, no way, bro, no way.
3: <laughs> That's forty dollars they go up for free after buying uh, things totaling thirty five dollars. <laughs> yeah. So it's just
2: it was pretty funny. I had a great time. I love doing that. Yeah, it's great. So it's a great
3: way to zero out your money. Just be like, yeah. I'm gonna spend ten dollars, and then I'm going to lose all my
2: money. <laughs> i think it's great i can i think you and i should go to the casino next time that we're together
3: i will not do that i think <laughs> i will so fun. do you understand do you do you understand how much anxiety i have when i spend money on thing on when i know Peasure. i'm going to get something in return
2: <laughs> i want a lot of money at your bachelor party is all i'm saying and i'm just you earned to, you
3: earned twenty dollars at my bachelor party
2: uh, it's more than i had before so you
3: earned twenty dollars and then you immediately spent it on alcohol which was that's what you do everybody.
2: that's why yeah, you, that's gamble. you
3: do yeah <laughs> anyway all right so yeah
2: pretty good i love the first half of the banter a little bible stuff second half of banter gambling and drinking
3: yeah (laughs) yeah that's the catholic way we don't we we still have fun okay yeah listen we're
2: really fun you gotta be a puritan if you want to be a catholic please don't check facebook while we're podcasting patrick
3: but that's where my hot take time machine is
2: oh are you saying that we're about to go into the hot take time machine yeah let's do it
3: Hot
0: take hot
2: take time time machine. Machine? Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine, the part of the show where Patrick very clearly is not looking at me or listening, uh, <laughs> and he's he's scrolling, and he's scrolling, and he's looking for his hot take. I'm not scrolling. <laughs> now I am. It's the part of the show where we take a look back at the prime of our social media posting. If you have a hot take five years or older, send it in to ethan at thecrunchcast.com or patrick at thecrunchcast.com. Patrick, let me hear that white hot take.
3: When you shamed me for being on Facebook, I closed out Facebook and I lost my hot take. Okay. <laughs> why That's why what did happened. you
2: respond to that so quickly and in such the worst way?
3: I'm sorry. I was like, I was like, you're right. I shouldn't be on Facebook. And then I was like, shoot, I shoot, need it for the hot take time. I needed that. Okay. So I was telling you about this before the podcast started. This This Facebook post got 55 likes. Okay. I was, I was, I was, I was. I was banking more likes on facebook than on twitter back in 2016 oh absolutely and i don't understand i don't understand why but it may have been because i was posting often anyway so uh hey you're on your phone yeah look at look at both of us we both have the same problem
2: sorry i can't hear you i'm busy doing other stuff
3: wow that's rude anyway <laughs> uh i <laughs> i was telling you this before the podcast started this had to have been a real conversation because i could not have made this up uh it was, it's a, prof- a conversation between a professor and a student and I vaguely remember this happening. Professor, this is a two-page paper. Student, what's the minimum? Professor, I don't want one page. Student, so more than one page? Yes. But less than three pages? Yes. Okay, so the paper is supposed to be more than one page, but less than three. <laughs> this is what being a freshman in college is
2: like. Nice. <laughs> a two-page paper. Just write a two-page paper. A two-page paper? Yeah.
3: You want, you don't, I don't want one page. So more than one page, yes. But less than three pages, yes. yes. Okay, so the paper is supposed to be more than one, but less than three.
2: That's crazy. This is what our, our, our modern education system has done to these kids. Is they're like, I what's can't. the what's the bare minimum that I have and to do? And what's
3: the bare maximum, I guess? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they wanted, but it's like everyone knows that a two-page paper means at least one and a half pages, right? Everyone knows
2: Yeah, this. I mean, as long as your margins are tight. And as long as your spacing is at that, like, 1.1, you know, or that that 2.1 or whatever, you can get away with anything. Yeah. You know, I don't know anyone, anyone who takes a ruler to their students' papers and is measuring out the spacing.
3: Here's the thing, though. When you have a bunch of students who do one-inch margins and single-spaced, and then you have one guy who doesn't, you can tell.
2: Well, yeah, but if everything is, if the standard is everything's double-spaced and one person does, like, 2.1 or 2.2 then like you're not you're not going to notice that
3: oh i would totally be able to notice that really yeah oh yeah and i, I if i were a professor i'd be the guy that's like okay that's two points off you said no way yeah i totally would
2: huh mm-hmm. you and i would be very different professors
3: just write the dang paper okay I'd be like, i have to grade it i'd be like <laughs> sick
2: way to figure out a way wait nice loophole bro plus 10 nice loophole bro. plus 10 points <laughs> <laughs> plus 10 <laughs> Let's reward this guy for his ingenuity. It used to be in America we rewarded people for figuring out how to get around the system and succeed nowadays, which seems oh like we can't gosh. figure out a way to do that. Jeez. <laughs> what? Are you upset with me? Are you mad? I think you'll be a great professor.
3: I think I'll be a great professor too. All right. <laughs> I, I, I finished my uh I finished my paper on uh on the diaconate. Not on the diaconate, it's on the character of holy orders, but I met with my I met with my professor and we're gonna try and get it published <gasps> in an academic journal. No now. way.
2: Yeah. Like, like you mean, like the, like the National Catholic Reporter?
3: No. Oh. <laughs> That's not an academic journal. Oh, okay. An academic journal would be like Nova at Vetera or the Thomist or, um, theological, ref-
2: like no. You mean like church pop?
3: Yep. Okay. I'm gonna try and get it published in church pop, but it's a 26 page paper that I wrote in two weeks. Nice. I'm, I'm kind of at the top of my game. I you I really are. Peaking. I think I'm peaking uh but yeah if i if i if i publish if i publish this paper i will have satisfied the research requirement for my entire
2: master's program in my first year that's amazing well yeah done. it'd be great you're, you. you're really ahead of the game
3: i haven't done it yet. i still have to learn greek but
2: that's not going to be that too should, hard.
3: Ta- should take that should take a month it's easy Bro,
2: <laughs> theotokos mother of god
3: theotokos that's what we call it silly it's easy theotokon man. That's the. That's the. Actually, the direct in object. John
2: chapter six, he uses the word trogo, which means to gnaw or to chew, and it could not possibly be symbolic language due to the gravity of the verb that is chosen in the Greek.
3: I didn't realize that Bill and Ted worked for Catholic Answers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just if I, I just don't think I think going to the Greek sometimes is helpful, but for things like that where the Greek word doesn't really matter, like. That's not why people are upset about what Jesus said in John chapter six. You know, yeah. I just, I've heard that so many times. I'm like, that's really just not helpful to like the problem. But anyway, uh, do you want to hear my hot take time machine? Absolutely. I do. So this is a fun one. It's from February 29th, 2016. What sticks out to you about that, Patrick?
3: February 29th of 2016. It's a leap day.
2: It's a leap day. It's very good. It's the, it's the theme of this tweet. Uh, <laughs> it says here, it's from Ethan Stevie at Apostle. It says, using today as an opportunity to leap over sin am i right ladies and gentlemen uh return return what's the deal with parish hall food return return i'll be here all week what <laughs> it was just a comedy uh a comedy tweet you know like uh i'm leaping over sin it's a leap day and then i made another joke what's the deal with parish hall food like like how Jerry Seinfeld does his jokes. He'll make yeah. one joke and then he'll make another joke successively. And then at the end of his set he says, "I'll be here all week." Um oh. regardless of how long he's staying there. And so When
3: when are we going to get to the breast pump tweet?
2: The mm, <laughs> <laughs> It's coming. It's it's it's, it's 2017 and it's coming we're just giving not until 2022 will we be able to talk about the breast that's pump. that's my favorite tweet ever i was i was on the the cons catholic podcast the k-state podcast that the yeah. priests do there and they asked me like what's the best tweet you've ever done and i said the breast pump tweet and they said what and i told what? it to them and they edited out of the final podcast that got released
3: no <laughs> you're right though they that just is the like, best one ever.
2: I, t- I told it to them and they didn't laugh and they just kind of like looked at me and they like wanted to laugh because they're like, oh, this is going to be Ethan's funniest tweet. And I told them the breast pump tweet and they were like, what?
3: It's it's definitely the funniest. I mean, just the image of you running into a parish, hall, like running into a church.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh,
3: it's great. Yeah. It's, the best part is like, will somebody not even just a priest. <laughs> somebody
2: please hear my confession. That's pretty the good. Tweet,
3: the tweet is me with a breast pump attached to my head. What, how, does it, how does it go? Yeah, it's
2: like me with a breast pump stuck to my head, crashing into a, to a narthex. Can someone please hear my confession?
3: <laughs> Still makes me laugh. Four years later. It's pretty good. I wish that more it's people... I such
2: a good tweet. I, 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 my dream was to become the Catholic drill and have these tweets that were like legendary. But I, <laughs> I only made tweets that you thought were legendary, which is probably why we have this podcast.
3: That's exactly why.
2: How do you feel about jumping into a... You mean leaping into a topic? Oh, leaping into a topic.
3: That's what we call a segue for in my home country
2: of America. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Uh, we got to tighten it up. Uh, podcasting is hard when you have no time to prepare for a podcast.
3: Yeah, podcasting is very tough when... You uh, have been doing it for four years and should be better by now. (laughs) I know. I think about that every day. I'm like, what am I doing? I think about it maybe once every other day. I'm not that preoccupied. Well,
2: I think about myself almost exclusively. So
3: (laughs) I wake up in the morning and I go, how am I doing? Nah, I still look good.
2: (laughs) I wake up in the morning, I look at myself in the mirror, I say, who's this guy?
3: What's he up to? What's he up to?
1: Uh, uh, it's pretty funny what's the topic what's so, the topic i've
2: got a i've got some some Look pages here that printout. Here, you can hear it what's that what's that print out what's he got going on, <laughs> what's he got going on? <laughs> uh so the there's a book that's kind of been going around i might have mentioned it on the podcast or maybe just in a conversation i can't really tell the difference anymore uh, <laughs> it's this book called conversion by father donald haggerty you heard of this guy no Apparently he uh, is a professor. He's taught a couple of the CFRs that are involved with Focus. Uh, just a very holy man. He left. He was at the seminary teaching at the seminary in New York City, and left. Maybe not New York City, but New York in general. I don't really. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. Uh, <laughs> he asked to go to Ethiopia for a year wow. and teach at a seminary there. So he was like prestigious, you know, respected faculty member, and like requested his bishop to let him go and teach, uh, overseas, which is just awesome. Like the, the man apparently is very humble according to the people that have been taught by him. And so he wrote this book called conversion, which is just uh, a reflection on the nature of conversion and some of the different aspects of it. Uh, and I just wanted to read and kind of uh, walk you through some of my thoughts and some of the highlights from this little section that we got printed out and given to us, uh, as missionaries. And, and, uh, wanted to hear your thoughts because I think it's, Really concretizes a lot of the things that we've been talking about lately. Yeah, that's right. Cool. That's right. Yeah, that was a good that, word. That's a word that I use.
3: It was just a noun that you turned into a verb. It's well, that's people do that all the time. Oh.
2: It concretizes a real verb. I'm sure it is. I, I think it is. So
3: you just add eyes to anything and it becomes a verb. <laughs> to 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 book eyes something is to turn something
2: into a book. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Filet-O-Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun—yeah, you get it every time.
2: And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two
1: of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. So
2: this is this is great. So this is from uh, one of the chapters, of the page one fifty four. If you have the book. <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs>
3: Claus, please turn to page one fifty four of your required reading.
2: Yeah, we should have sent out an email every week, be like, buy this book before the podcast this week.
3: <laughs> yeah, if we yeah, imagine if we could do that. That'd we be would.
2: awesome. Anyway, so it says As important as faithfulness is, discharging duty and maintaining a commitment do not satisfy God as much as we may think. There is a deeper interior dimension and a personal love for our Lord that awaits our soul and that we do not realize initially. Um, We have to risk everything and even life itself to give a free, unconstrained offering to God. Otherwise, if we don't, the effort of love tends to settle down into paced and manageable generosity, undergoing the same aging and stiffening with the years as our body. So this is the first kind of concept that I wanted to throw out there of like a lot of times we... We, we live in a, a culture and in a society that's so not committed to things and so not committed to even the things of faith and the things that matter and virtue that when we think about this, we're like, oh, all you have to do is be committed. If, you, if you're committed to daily prayer or if you're committed to even going to mass on Sundays, if you're committed to tithing, then you've you've had your conversion, right? And you're really living as God wants you to live. Yeah. Um, but I thought this this idea of like, no, it's actually much more about a free unconstrained offering of yourself to God. And if you don't make that switch and you're just thinking about like, I'm going to do my duty and maintain my commitment, then it settles down into this paced and manageable generosity, uh, which undergoes the same aging and stiffening with the years as our body. So like it just, it just gets old and it gets stiff and it gets tired and you're not able to do as much because there's no real gift. It's just like you're, you're constrained by what you can actually do. Yeah. Um, and I, I, think that that's like the first place to start is understanding that just commitment to God, is actually not enough. Which I think is interesting. What? Uh oh.
3: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think we're in trouble. Why? Not, not, not us specifically, but I think many of us are in trouble. Right. I think um, this is something that I try to, you know, wake up my parishioners and my kids. Yeah. And say like, hey you gotta do something else like you gotta you gotta not no sorry you got you don't have to do something else but mm-hmm. you have to like constantly be mm-hmm. opening yourself up to god and yeah it i think i that's such a good analogy the aging of the body yeah. it definitely does i mean that's why a lot of my a lot of our the people you see in the pews they've become stiffened by just rote going to mass mm-hmm. they're just very
2: and we see the results, uh, I think, especially like managed generosity is, uh, I think it's it's pretty bad in America, at least, of, well, I'm going to give this much because this is how much we always give to the church. And I'm going to give this much because this is all I can really afford to give. And if somebody asks, you know, I, I tithe every week and I tithe every month or whatever. But if someone asks for more of my time or more of my money, um, if, you know, this was not always my experience fundraising in general fundraising to be a missionary was very fruitful and very incredible. I had so many great conversations with so many people and lots of people were, were very generous. Um, but there were one or two where I would go and I would say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I would, I need money to do it. You know, would you be willing to sit down and have a conversation about it? And people would say, I give so much to the church. I've always given so much to the church. I can't believe that you would even think of calling me and asking me to give more than I already give. And I'd be like, all right, thank you for your time. Cool. Uh, I'll talk to you later. But like that, that idea is unfortunately a lot more common of,
3: yeah. And you even see this with people who in general don't like the idea of churches asking for money. They're just kind of, they're just kind of, you know, averse to the ideas as if, as if the church should never ask for money as if Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. It's like the people who were complaining that Catholic churches received X million dollars from mm-hmm. the stimulus package, the first round. Yeah. And people were like, I can't believe the Catholic church got all this money from the government. Like it should have its tax exempt status <laughs> taken away and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I was like, I got that money. You know, like I did. It, it's, yeah. it it enabled me to feed my family. You know, it's like um, it's like how and it's people will. People will donate, but they'll earmark their donations. They're like, "I want, I want a new church, so I'm going to donate for a new church." Mm-hmm. I want. Um, that's usually what it is. Like, I want, I want uh, this. I want an organ, so I'm going to donate for an organ. Um, people very rarely donate to help staff salaries because, in their mind, that's people enriching themselves. I don't know. I've. Yeah. I, there are very. Yeah. There are a lot of. There are. There are priests and there are lay people out there who are enriching themselves off the gospel. That's very true. But I don't think it's your responsibility to make sure that, you know, I don't think it's your responsibility to, you know, um, what am I trying to say?
2: Manage your generosity. Like yes. It's, it's not up to you.
3: Yeah. You shouldn't avoid being generous because someone might misuse that money.
2: Right. And that's that's yeah. in the scriptures, right? Like Jesus straight up says, like, if someone asks of you, give whatever they ask. <laughs> Like that's, I'm not saying that because I'm a missionary who fundraises my salary, but I'm saying that because it's just what God says. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And I think the the same thing goes. And I don't want to just make this about money because ultimately, like that's not where we're going to end up with this conversation because I have a couple more quotes to read. But it's also about time. Time and, time and yeah, well, time is a and, thing. and 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 talent is is as well. But time is the big thing of uh, not even the things that are obligatory because we already know that not everybody comes. To all the Holy Days of Obligation, right? Yes. Like, this, that's, is true. this
3: is why Pius the Tenth or whatever to shorten, made fewer of them.
2: Right. And I think that's like a good place Twelve. to start is, you know, can parishes create a culture of actually obligating people to come to the Holy Days of Obligation? And if you don't come to the Holy Days of Obligation, then, uh, you know, you don't get to go to the winter gala or like, I don't know how they would actually enforce that, but it's like. You know Catholics in good standing, including going to all of these things, right? Yeah, and I mean
3: the freaking Knights of Columbus have have good standing. You know, if you don't pay, right. your, like I didn't pay, I was late right. paying my dues, so I wasn't a knight in good standing, which means yeah. I'm ineligible for their health insurance plan and I know life that, insurance plan. And I know that there's <laughs> pastoral
2: reasons of why you do or yeah. don't want to say that certain Catholics are or aren't in good standing because it probably just causes a lot more headaches for the pastor. And so I understand that it's like <laughs>
1: yeah. keeping rolling. It's,
2: it's not as easy as it sounds, but. Mm-hmm. if it's not coming from the top up, it has to or from the top down. It has to come from the bottom of like those of us that are just in the pews. Right. Um, uh, do we expect everyone around us to, to have the same, like we, we can't have the same attitude of the culture and just be conformed to the world and be like, Oh, what's good for you is good for you. And what's good for me is good for me. I've chosen in my life to go to all the Holy days of obligation. And you have not, <laughs> yeah. but like you still go on Christmas and Easter and you go on Sundays and you give money and like, you seem to be faithful. So you're probably doing okay. Um, but the, in reality, all of us probably manage the generosity of our time in some way. Of like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll come to this prayer service, but not this one. I'll come to this mass, but not this one. Um, like, have we really given our whole lives over to God and in service of the of the church and the church's mission, or do we still hold some things back for ourselves? Are we giving our lives to God with an asterisk at the end? Um, I think Holy Week is a great examination of conscience coming up. Right? Are you making time in your schedule to go to? Holy Thursday Mass. If your if your diocese has a chrism Mass, are you going to go to the chrism Mass? Uh, Your diocese has to have the chrism. I mean, like if it's open to the public, you know that kind of thing. Uh, Are you going to a Holy Thursday Mass? Are you going to a Good Friday service? Are you gonna? If you have Tenebrae on Saturday morning, are you going to go to a Tenebrae at five a.m.? I
3: hope so. I freaking hope
2: so. Tenebrae slaps, dude. Oh Uh, my god! Literally,
3: such a beautiful Tenebrae service in in the strip district in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. at least there was two years ago I mean mm-hmm. I hope they're still doing it but
2: are you are you gonna go to the vigil right even though it's longer than the mass on Sunday morning
3: uh it's so beautiful it's though. so it's beautiful such, right I want I, I I made fun of I made fun of my, our parochial vicar who shall remain nameless uh because um <laughs> I made fun of father Anthony because he only chose <laughs> ten, he only chose five out of the nine readings um, it's more than the required minimum, but he was like, I was like, I wish we could do all of them because they flow together. So, well, and he was like, yeah, but, uh, our, 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 our parishioners aren't ready for all nine No slash, yeah. you know, it, it, it's more like 16 readings. If you count all the, psalms. all the Psalms. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, but it's so cool. It's the best. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think that's a good examination of conscience, a good gut check of like, I are cry we, every time are we managing every like, Oh, I'll go to the vigil, but I, I don't have time to go to these other things. And like, Yes, you might be a f- have a family and you might have kids. There's obviously so many considerations to take into account. But yes, obviously. I'm I'm trying to challenge you wherever you're at, listening to this, and like, are you giving? Are you managing your generosity for God in the church? And did if you, you can try all this-
3: asking your superior for, do you try asking your boss or wherever you work for Holy Thursday or at least half of Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Monday off for religious reasons? Because that's um, if you're perfectly
2: in- valid. Yeah. Like, what are they going to say? Yeah. No. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's perfectly valid and like it's something that we can do. And public schools um I found this out recently. We were planning on a, having a retreat and one of our uh, one of our um someone t- told me that they should we should have the retreat during a school day on a Friday. And mm-hmm. I was like, "We can do that?" And he was like, "Yeah, parents can pull their kids out of school for religious reasons." And I was like, "I didn't know that. Why mm-hmm. don't we do that more?" Yeah. Cuz they're they're not going to pull their kids out of sports for right. religious reasons. So let's I mean, come on. What are they they're gonna miss a day of algebra? Big whoop, you know? <laughs> uh, oh,
2: I thought last week X was three and this week X is four.
3: Uh, oh frick. I too many it. X's. Too many.
2: So so that's that's kind of the the foundation of where we're we're starting from, right? So then it says yeah. uh the surrender to God in a second conversion. So this is he's talking a lot about a second conversion of like, yes, you've had your initial turn towards Christ, you believe everything is true. But now it's time for this second conversion where you have to actually give all of yourself to God with no asterisks, with no accepts, with no, uh, I'll give everything to you, but I still want to watch this much TV. And I still want to watch this many movies. And I still want to have this much time for myself. It's like, no, 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 You won't giving everything to God. That sounds hard. It, yeah. <laughs> um, Uh, it says without this element a lapse into mere sentiment is possible even likely in short we must be willing to suffer for love with all the unknown days of our life still in front of us and that's the hard thing for people is if i say i'm giving god everything that means i'm giving god everything for the rest of my life which means he can do whatever he wants with me until i die and that means i'm no longer in control and that means that I can't just like have the happy feelings about being a religious person anymore and feel yeah. like I'm doing the right thing.
3: But it also means you're definitely going to heaven if he can do whatever he wants with you until you
2: die. Exactly, right? So like it's yeah. just crazy how um, radical that sounds and how difficult that sounds. Um, but it's, it's absolutely necessary if we want to take the next step. So this idea of the second conversion I think is really, really important. And one that... It's not really talked about because we just assume if someone's coming to mass, especially in 2021, then they've had their conversion and they're good to go. You know, all the people in the pews are, are, are great and maybe they're not missionary disciples, but at least like they're, they're praying their rosaries, you know, like they're, they're doing, yeah. you know, uh, I think we need to have an understanding that there, there is something deeper and it's like a full gift to God and understanding what that actually means. Um, so shifting that from the average person to now the person who, who wants to have the second conversion and is trying to figure out how to actually do that and how to implement it with other people in their lives. Okay. Cause our faith should be outward, right? And this isn't just about evangelization. It's also just about loving other people who are Christian. Uh, he says here, the experience of rejection in the long run wins more souls than we can realize Those with eyes to see will perceive this reality. The soul that goes far in love prefers to crawl in the dust of the effort to love and bring another soul to the truth rather than to surrender the determination to love. So with this second conversion and this gift of no longer managing my generosity, but just giving everything over to God, being willing to suffer for love also means that when when we love God with everything, we're also loving other people with everything. And that means we have to be willing to crawl in the dust of the effort to love rather than just like quit because it can be so easy to have that that conversion moment. Be like, yes, this is true. This is absolutely true. I want this for Mm -hmm. everyone else in my life. Uh, uh, But then you get rejected once and you get rejected twice. And then you're like, well, if they're not going to agree with me, then I'm not going to I'm not going to be friends with them. Or at the very least, our friendship is going to limit, you know, this this part away from the conversation. Um, and you can just go years and years and years and years and years with surrendering the, ter- the determination to love that other person. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the scary thing for me is the fact that I've like willingly given up love of other people because it's gotten difficult, you know?
3: Yeah, that sounds tough. That sounded really in insens- insen- uh insensitive. <laughs> what? What do you? Um,
2: mean? Who me?
3: Surrendering. Yeah, giving up. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of time. You think in I'm being insensitive?
2: I'm, I'm just trying to be honest. No, no, I said I
3: sounded. I said that sounds tough. That and sounds, me saying hey, that sounded insensitive.
2: That's rough, buddy.
3: Hey, that's right. Hey, hey, it be like that sometimes. Yes. Oh. I've unironically said that to people who were like feeling depressed. Yeah. As a joke, Doesn't and it help. worked. Yeah. It's yeah it does because it's like it's like it's like it's like ironically saying it. It makes them laugh. It's yeah. like, hey, just uh, stop being depressed, and they're like, ah, right? Oh, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, it's 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 so much better than learning how to actually give people counsel. Anyway, um, <laughs> just slap another layer of irony, baby. Oh yeah. Zillennials for the win. I I'm trying to think if there's any times in my life when I've had to where I've I've consciously given up loving someone because it's been too hard. Myself.
2: Or maybe, maybe not even maybe not even consciously, but just this slide back into sentimentality of it, Yeah. Oh, I care for this person or I care for this relationship or maybe it's just like the parish in general or the other people around you in general, like
1: mm-hmm.
2: this generic general slide into I uh, I'm kind of losing the deter like the determination is just kind of being whittled away. And it's maybe not a conscious choice of I'm gonna stop loving this person, but it's a a degradation of what was there before.
3: Yeah, have only wanting to be around the people that are, you know, that have the same sentimentality that I mm-hmm. do that are, mm-hmm. that are good at doing the God thing. Yeah. That I was listening to a podcast that cited another podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was listening to every knee shall bow and they nice. cited Luke. They cited Luke on every knee shall bow. That's pretty funny. Uh, and um, apparently Luke said to Gomer one time, the GCU, um,
2: the Gomer cinematic universe. The <laughs> uh,
3: When is Beer Me a podcast going to come back? All right, we've been we've all, we've all been waiting for it. Uh, apparently, Luke said to Gummer one time, "You're really good at the whole God thing," <laughs> and um, like kind of as like a as like a backhanded compliment, purposefully saying like, "You're really good at the whole like veneer of being a godly person," and you're very good at 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 saying all of the right God things and pointing to all of the right God books. But do you? follow him you know are are you do you love him i think sometimes i I know for a fact that i have i have decided to stop loving god as much as i could because it's proven too difficult yeah um instead of doing the saintly thing which is confront like i was talking to i was talking to someone about this yesterday about how like the saints got pissed at god sometimes
2: oh yeah um oh yeah yeah, the
3: saints got the saints got mad at god and um someone said that the saints are like the living psalms which I thought was really beautiful because mm. like there are some Psalms that are like, God, why have you left me? That's like one of the most important ones. <laughs> hey God, why'd you stop loving me? Uh, it feels like you're not here. Um, what the heck, what WTH, like what the heck? I and, uh, I am
2: crushed beneath a stone. I can count yeah. all my bones. My body is torn in half. Like it's <laughs> just the Psalms are kind of metal, but
3: they are. But yeah. then, but then there's also Psalms like, um, when I was pricked, when I was uh, beaten down, I was like a brute to you, O oh Lord, who is only a love to me since my mm-hmm. youth, or something like that. It's Psalm mm-hmm. one or Psalm like seventy nine or something like that, uh, and and it's like the it instead of confronting the emotions, this is the problem with sentimentality. This is the problem. We think we're go. supposed to feel good. We think we're supposed to be doing like the we've calculated. I'm going to give the good feelings to God. I'm going to go to God for the good feelings, um, and so when we encounter hurdles when we encounter roadblocks and 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 times of desolation we go oh this must not be this is a not godly feeling that i'm feeling therefore i'm going to walk away because i'm not feeling the good things anymore Hmm. um and we were we're not generously because we don't have this generosity this like i'm willing to give god everything we are not ready to give him the parts of our lives that we don't like we're not ready to give him the feelings that we have that we don't appreciate we're not ready to give him the trials because we only want to give him what is shiny and clean because Mm -hmm. at least that's how i feel i only want to give god the shiny and clean things you know (laughs) i had to i had to tell god the other day i was like hey i'm kind of upset because you're not doing this thing and i thought you were going to do this thing by now I just kind of sat with that for a minute. It didn't feel very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't a fun time because I was like, I was expecting prayer to be like uplifting, but I like went into work and I was like, I feel like God kind of forgot about me a little bit. I feel kind of pissed, yeah. you know. But like, instead of instead of instead of leaving God and saying like, ah, well, forget about that, um, or just you know pretending it doesn't exist, which is something that I'm more likely to do, mm. sitting with God and confronting that together is a much more holy thing does that fit into what we were talking about yeah or is that a tangent
2: no no i think that's exactly right and i think you're talking about it more from the phrase of like loving god and loving yourself Mm -hmm. Um, and i think this last quote hits what you're talking about but uh is more about other people and trying to help other people uh like if we know someone who's in a position that's like yeah I, i don't think you're headed down the right path here i think that you're You might be Catholic, but you believe in a lot of things that are not true. You might be Christian and not Catholic. You might be not Christian at all. Um, He says, under the cover of zeal and good intentions, much of what we do may conceal self-interest. This willfulness is hard to detect because the pride behind it is easily unnoticed. When pride drives our activity, even to do good for others and to lead them to truth Everything done is impure to some degree. We forget God's timing and the need to wait upon his hidden work. The self-willed person may seem often to achieve results in a certain manner, but if we look more closely, we will see that what we do with an aggressive zeal has a superficial spiritual quality. These efforts do not draw people so much to God, and for good reason. What they really seek may be the submission of another's will to their own will.
3: Oh, I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. The desire to convert someone to prove that you were right all along. Mm-hmm. I know I, it well,
2: and it's and it, I do too. I, I literally wrote in the margins of this with a bunch of arrows. It says, "LOL, it's me in the book. I'm a character, frick." <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I'm a character. Hello. Um, and oh, I think man, that the most cool. the most dangerous part is like, yeah, we could admit trying to get someone to convert just to prove that you're right is yeah, they can point to that and say, that's a wrong thing. Um, but the, the problem is, is it's under the cover of zeal and good intentions. Mm. -hmm. And we just will assume that anyone who has zeal and good intentions is probably doing the work of the Lord, which is just not true. Like that is, that's just not accurate to say. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what you're talking about with like Gomer and then a little bit of what you're talking about with yourself is like, by all appearances, we can feel like we are giving everything to God and, and doing what we need to be doing
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, and obeying him and, and all these rules. And a lot of missionaries feel this way. A lot of youth ministers feel this way. But then at a certain point, you run into this wall where you can't you can't make it past. And you feel like you've done everything that you should be doing. And God is just like not giving you fruit. He's not helping you out. He's not providing for you. And it's at this point that he wants us to look at our own pride and say, are you the one doing this? Or am I the one doing this? Are you leaving space for me to convert these people? Or like we were saying, do you just want to submit another person to your own will? Because you feel the need to feel more powerful or you feel the need to feel more correct or you, you lack something and this is the way that it's coming out. Um, and that's, it goes all the way back to the beginning when we were talking about managing generosity is like, I'm, I'm going to give everything to this person as long as they agree with me at the end of it, you know, as long as they, they admit that they were wrong and I was right at the end of it, rather than I'm going to give myself completely to God and whatever he does with me is what he does with me. And like, Mm -hmm. that's, that's way scarier because there's no way to prove that you, you are doing the right thing in the eyes of the world. Like all you have is trust that the father is going to take care of you. That's it. And like, that's the scary thing. And that's why we revert to this stuff so often is using our zeal and our good intentions to serve our own self-interest because at the very least we can feel like we're doing the right thing. We can feel like we're giving ourselves entirely to God, but we also have that security blanket of this is kind of helping me out. You know, this is making me feel pretty good.
3: Yeah. Like I have a career.
2: Yeah. I'm making money. I, I can, I can report to my regional director that I have three Bible studies. You know, like mm-hmm. I can show I can show the, the parish how many intentional disciples we've formed using Shuri Waddell's model. Like <laughs> all that stuff is great, but why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. How is it happening? Have you taken the time to give yourself completely to God? Yeah.
3: I have this intense desire that I need to let just guide my day-to-day decisions. And it's this intense desire to become the kind of person through whom God could convert many people mm-hmm. and like, and that's different than the desire that I also have to convert many people.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, It's distinct. And yes. I, I identify St. Francis de Sales keeps coming to mind because it's like, he's the kind of person he became so holy that God was able to use him as an instrument to convert thousands and thousands of Calvinists. But the second desire, the desire to convert many people, is a desire that I remember writing down in my journal in high school. I was like, "My life will be worth it." Such piety, little, (laughs) such an overly pious, fake pious. What is that called? Fake piety? What's that called?
2: Uh, I think it's just called being a high schooler. Yeah, fair enough. It's called. It's called. It's been two weeks since my last Duvenville conference, and I am gonna be canonized.
3: Yep. Right. I was like, I was like, it'll be my life will be worth it if I convert one person. You know, but 7 billion be nice too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you little piece of, girl, come on. like, <laughs> And it's, and it's like that desire, that little like cheeky comment reveals the desire of my heart was to be like the person who converts the world. Mm-hmm. But it's like, Hey, Hey buddy, that's Jesus's job. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's Jesus's job. And you can say like, "Oh, well, I know that God is the one who ultimately converts." It's kind of like it's kind of mm-hmm. like how when we say like, "Well, the most important thing, of course, is this to is pray, prayer, obviously," yeah. Yeah. but also <laughs> it's like the second most important thing. Um, and I, yeah, it the the desire to become the kind of person that through whom God can convert many people is something that I'm starting to desire more and more now, and it's because. I know that that's what's going to lead. That's going to get me to heaven. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's that. that's what's going to make me a saint. Like that's, here's the thing. Like God put me here in this world for a reason. And I'm not going to find out what that reason is unless I let him do what he wants, because mm-hmm. I'm really bad at figuring it out. I'm very right. bad at trying to figure it out. Right. Um. And yeah, I, I think, focusing on focusing on it like trying the, the worst part of that quote is the good intentions part
2: <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah
3: it's like i have so many good intentions i care so much about you know the faith but it's like i know i know a lot of people who've who've ruined churches with good intentions you know not a lot of people a few but some
2: know. people uh there's a quote from a saint here that i think should be our last quote that we read because we should always end on a saint quote uh, I've never heard of this person, St. Uh, Jane Francis de Chantal, which is probably like St. Jean-François de <laughs> well, something like that, uh, she says, or he, hard to say with French names.
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> They're all named Jean.
2: Yeah. Yield yourself fully to God and you will find out. I'm speaking of course of great-souled individuals who keep nothing back for themselves. Like there is something that God wants to show us about life and life with him and the fruits of a life with him. And the people who have great souls are the ones who keep nothing for themselves. And I think you are you are most yourself Patrick and I am most myself when we have magnanimity. When we are when we are saying like this is, is the the greatness of soul that I wish to achieve. Like I want to I want to convert people. I want to be an instrument of the Lord. I want to be able to speak into people's brokenness, you know?
3: So you're telling me Yeah. You're telling me that the greatest among us you're about to do will a bit. have the least. Yeah, you're doing a bit. That's that that doesn't
2: make any I sense don't know, to my a, little sorry. brain. Well let's, let's just delete let's cancel the whole thing. I mean this is, at this point it's like that doesn't make, that makes doesn't no make sense. any sense
3: come on. It's like, you hear these things, you hear these, you hear, this is, this is what St. Bonaventure is talking about the Bible. It's like, you hear these things and you're like, okay, yeah, I get what that means. God really likes poor people. That's what, you know, like that's what but, but then you hear that quote and you're like, oh, he means like, I need to get rid of everything in order to, I desire greatness. Mm-hmm. And that desire has become twisted mm-hmm. in my little sin brain. Mm-hmm. By and it means in my little sin brain, it means accumulate as much stuff as you possibly can until you die. Yeah. But in in my in my in my heart, it should be give literally everything you have to God, and then you will find out what you're made for.
2: If I can. Now I see. Okay. <laughs> That's yes. Patrick just put on a headlamp. We Why have these
3: headlamps for the Easter vigil? I have six oh. of them on my desk so okay. people can read. This one's strobes, I think. No, it doesn't. It just oh, that'd off. be pretty sweet. One of them strobes, and I don't remember which one. I'm going to tell that to the lectors and be like, "One of these strobes."
2: Good luck. <laughs>
3: Good luck. <laughs> one of these you
2: can stro- only one, read one of, every every other word. In exactly. The beginning was the, the word, word. Uh, So a lot of
3: the a lot of the uh, readings from Easter Vigil start with God speaking. Yeah, we would love that. The Lord said. The Lord said. The first three is God speaks, obviously. Lord said, "Let there be light." The second one is the Lord spoke to Abraham. Then the second, the third is the Lord spoke to Moses, and then um, the Lord spoke to Ezekiel and said, Pawah. "It's really cool." Focus on the word.
2: Love the word. If I can kind of leave, word. if I can leave everyone with a with something to pray with. This is what I led Bible study on this week. It's on Numbers thirteen and fourteen. Patrick, do you know what happens in Numbers thirteen and fourteen? You should know this. Um, it's our Bible cast.
3: Yeah, is it when? Is it when? Uh, is that when Miriam and, and Aaron rebel against Moses?
2: No, it's when the spies get sent into Canaan. Ah. Uh, and we prayed a lot about, in our Bible study this week, about the grapes, right? Because they they go in, they get the grapes, and they have mm-hmm. to bring them back. Two guys carrying one pole with the with a large cluster of grapes. Like, yes. The grapes are so heavy that it takes two men to carry these grapes back. And... Just the Israelites, right? They were in the desert for a year. They were, they hated being in the desert. They were always whining about being in the desert. All they had to eat for a whole year was bread from heaven. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were not allowed. They were not allowed to have the orgies that they wanted to have. They were not allowed to go back to Egypt and eat the leeks and the melons that they wanted to have. Or the onions. Or the onions or the garlic or the cucumbers. Um, They were just very upset in general. And so just imagine you're in the desert for a whole year. You finally make it to the promised land. And then you send the spies in. They're gone for 40 days and you're just waiting. They come back and over the hill you see these giant ass grapes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, baby, it's time. Like, we're yeah. here. We made it. They've also got pomegranates. They've also got figs. It's a fertile land. Caleb's like, this is an exceedingly good land. We are, we are in the place. And they're like, what are the people like? And they're like, oh, they're, they're really big. <laughs> they're big bullets. They're, they're they're huge. They're huge, and their cities are really fortified. And then they start wailing, and they say, "Let's go back to Egypt." And that's when God disinherits all the the adults of Israel. Yes, which is it's it's wild. It's electric when God just appears to all of the sons of Israel, and you're like, "Whoa, that hasn't happened before." So the reason I bring here this to up, say
3: you goofed. <laughs> the
2: reason I bring this up is because I think that image of being in the desert, seeing the grapes come over the hill, and then thinking about the, the fortified cities and the large men that literally like makes the Israelites all sit down and just weep all night long. And then want to go back into slavery is the, the perfect, uh, scriptural, I guess, analogy or metaphor image to, to pray with this idea of the grapes. The fruit is the fruit of a life with God, right? It's not like what a lot of people say, like, what do you, what do you pray for? What do you want from God? They'll say like peace or rest, It's like, well, yeah, you can have that now, but like God actually wants more for your life than just resolving your current situation, (laughs) which is, I think what a lot of people come to pray about It's like, well, there's this going on right now. And like, this, this is all I really know about, but it's like, no, think about the kind of saint you want to be like you, if you were a saint, what would be the things that you would want to do? You know, Mm -hmm. would you want to heal people? That's, that's, those are your grapes, right? Would you want to, to preach well and, and, and convert people? Those are your grapes, baby. For me, it's like, I want to be able to look at someone in the eyes and, and understand their brokenness and be able to speak into their brokenness and have conversations that actually change people's hearts. Like, that's what I want, you know? Um, So those are my grapes. And then you think about the, the fortified cities and you think about the, the strong men, the big guys, and those are the things that paralyze the Israelites, Mm -hmm. Like literally they sit down, they cannot move and they're crying. So we're talking about this second conversion of like, God wants to give you these fruits of a life with him that are going to make you saintly, that are going to change your life and the lives of the people around you. But there are things that scare us of like, what if I don't have this job? What if I don't have these friends? What if I don't make this amount of money? What if I don't have this particular comfort? What if I don't have time to watch Kong versus Godzilla? (laughs) Like, what will I do? you know, yeah. and like think of the things that think of the things that you want and then compare them to the things that scare you. And then remember what Caleb says is like, the Lord is on our side. Like the Lord will delight if he gives us this land, it will make mm-hmm. him very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so
3: and what's, that's what's even, what's even more is that like what I was thinking is like the people, the people are paralyzed and weeping. Mm-hmm. The grapes are right in front of them.
2: Yes. They can see them.
3: And, and they're crying over a hypothetical. Yeah. Someone else is very possibly over-exaggerated. Ten guys are like, yeah, they're so big. Oh, they were so big. And their cities are super fortified. Oh, yeah, they're so fortified. They're like <laughs> ridiculous.
2: We're like grasshoppers, bro, compared to yeah. them. Yeah. We're and so small. like,
3: grasshoppers? Those are so small, you know? And mm-hmm. they're they're crying over hypotheticals. And exactly what you what you laid out, it's like, we can see the fruits of sainthood. We mm-hmm. have the stories. Yes. Padre Pio flew in the air and and kept bombers away from his town, you mm-hmm. know? Um And Catholics have these stories. It's like us. It's just yeah. us. Yeah. Like, the Orthodox have stories from people before they schismed, <laughs> and Protestants have, I mean, C.S. Lewis, you know? Like, <laughs> the saints' stories are Catholic through and through, and I—, I yeah. And— we can see the fruits and yet still it's like, well, but I'm going to have to give up a lot. Again, a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. But like the Israelites don't understand and we don't understand that God is fighting for you. Yeah. God is fighting for us. And if you try to, if you try to overcome those obstacles, what happens when he takes, when he takes the promised land away from them for 40 years, they go, oh, we'll go fight him. It takes these backsies and then they absolutely get, they get whacked. They get whacked. Yeah. They get, they get spanked.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do, uh, let's do the old Doctrine in the Dana corner.
3: To the old doctor's in the car.
2: I know it hurts. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I... All right. You came to the right place, you ding dong. <laughs> it's called communication, baby. <laughs>
3: All right, so this one comes from the archives. Ethan sent me this one.
2: I cleaned out my Gmail this week, and I found a, a Dr. Ethan's dating corner from 2019. It was so. wedged.
3: It was wedged in the back of the drawer. We had to yeah. peel back the lining, the, the 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 paper in the drawer, and it was wedged in the in the wood.
2: I found a lot of emails this week that I never responded to An as I was cleaning out my email. Yes. So I apologize if you emailed me in 2018 and I never responded. I saw those <laughs> and I deleted them. So if you need me, Ethan at thecrunchcast.com. My inbox is clean and I will respond. It's
3: squeaky clean. Squeaky clean old dr ethan's dating corner time all right dear dr ethan apparently all these names have been changed to preserve anonymity dear yes. dr ethan i am in quite the conundrum i hey. like two girls at the same time nice <laughs> one let's call her jane lives near me and i see her at least twice a week we have begun to grow close as friends she's very easygoing easy to talk to and kind of dorky like me she's a little quirky oh, you know? quirky girl and very devout she broke up with her ex-boyfriend a month ago. So like a year and a month ago. <laughs> this is a year and a half ago. <laughs> because of distance. And he goes to school three hours away. They were probably only... <laughs> rookie. They were probably only dating for a month. A week ago, I went to my friend Joseph's wedding. And Jane's ex is Joseph's brother and was also the best man. Okay, hold on. Hold on. We need a chart. I know. Did you get you, that?
2: You love the chart. I have got. I think I've got it.
3: Okay. A week ago, I went to my friend Joseph's wedding. Right. Joseph's Jane's brother ex is Jane's okay. ex. Yeah. Joseph's brother is Jane's ex, and also the best man. So if Joseph's Joseph, brother, if
2: Joseph and Jane can't ride in the same boat, but the ex and <laughs> the author can, how many trips does it take to get everyone across the river?
3: I don't two. I think it was three. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it Jane's is. ex is Joseph's brother and the best man. As the night went on, I noticed Jane and her ex holding hands. Oof! Ooh. It seemed like her ex was trying to use the occasion to win her back. I don't, I don't know think if they're trying. getting back together or not. You got to tell us what happened, man. Uh, It seemed like her ex was just using the occasion. I don't know if they're getting back together, but I'm afraid to ask. How do I maintain the friendship without growing too emotionally attached if she ends up getting back together with him? The other one is Kim, Jane's Mm. friend, who goes to the State University an hour away. I Mm. like her a lot, but I haven't had the chance to hang out with her too much. I will definitely have the chance to get to know her better once winter break hits over the summer, though. Hey, I have really bad news about what happens uh, in about a year. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I'm There's not this. in any rush to get into a relationship Either way I just don't want to get into a position Where I get jealous or heartbroken If I can avoid it Oh yeah this was October of 2019 So yeah he's talking about the spring semester <laughs> Whatever you do if Bad you're gonna start, news
2: If you're going to start dating one of these girls you got to do it before March you got to get in quick, before March quick. quick go There's not much time left It all comes crashing down No No <laughs> So what what happened with with me and Emma is we started dating in January and then the lockdown happened in March and then she had no chance to meet anyone else and then we got engaged.
3: Oh, by the way, he's graduating from college this year. So this man is an adult. This is an adult now.
2: This is a guy out of college. Out of college. Out of I don't know if you still listen, but if you do, you gotta give up on that first girl. Like, that's, that's <laughs> it's so far gone at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think it, if you're at the point of, like, I like this girl. She broke up with her ex-boyfriend, but they were holding hands at a wedding. It's like, that's, yeah. Mm, it's yeah. that's too much of a, uh, too many beans in that stew. You know what I'm saying?
3: <laughs> is that a term? <laughs> I mean, too is. many beans in that, in that stew, stew, if you know what I mean. I yeah. don't. I don't know what you mean, but I yeah. want to. <laughs>
2: how many, do you know how many beans is the right amount in a stew? Uh,
3: 239.
2: Because one more is too farty. Too farty. Hey, hey. There's too many beans in that stew, so you want to stay away from that. Uh, Yeah, and then this Kim girl, uh, uh, I'd say go for it. I mean, an hour away. I don't know where you live now, (laughs) but (laughs) an hour away is not that much time. Like you can. Emma and I dated our whole relationship, living an hour and a half to two hours away away from each other. Uh, We made it work, and it still works. Yeah. So. Uh, I am moving there soon, so eventually That's you gotta good. think you gotta think about moving. But who knows? Maybe reconnect with her. Maybe you're listening to this now. You forgot you asked this question. Maybe you forgot about Kim. Maybe you've graduated. Maybe what's she up to? Who's she? What's she doing? Yeah.
3: What's <laughs> who's this guy? What's he got going on? Huh? What's, what's Did he, he make it through on? quarantine? Um.
2: Uh, so anyway. Hopefully, ever, all parties are still alive and kicking and available. And, please uh, email us. Please email response. us and let us know <laughs> if you if you sent me this email back in 2019 and I <laughs> You're in October an 2019. A listen, back in October 2019, I was about to go on my first date with Emma. I had a lot going on. Okay, yeah. Uh, awesome. So here we are. Uh, I hope that helps. Everyone else, send in current Dr. Ethan's dating corners. So we don't have to talk about hypotheticals and we can talk about actuals. Man, I
3: can't believe I will get to hang out with her over the summer. That's, that's so pretty funny. funny. Yeah, that's so funny. I hope you he started has dating no her. No idea. I, I hope would, she was what, I, it, what an idiot. He has no idea. Stupid guy. I didn't even know the reports <laughs> know were about... coming
2: out from China at the time. Nah, no, they
3: they were coming out in like November.
2: Oh well, the well, I mean, it started the the governments all agreed to release the virus in November.
3: <laughs> November of 2019. Yeah, I, my my favorite part about COVID 19 was they named the virus in 2019 and then it just ravaged 2020 and everyone's like oh yeah. 2020 sucks.
2: Yeah. Nah. Uh, I had something to say, I forgot what it was, but let's move on.
3: Biblecast. Everyone Bible. join join Patreon for the Biblecast Ethan when we start in the Biblecast.
2: Uh summer 2021 approximately. Summer
3: 2021? Yeah. Oh okay. That's far away, but that's fine. So summer twenty twenty one, the Bible cast is coming.
2: It is far away, but I think that's the most. real... I think we could start recording episodes in May. Yeah, and then we'll start dropping it, in, the, yeah, we'll yeah, drop yeah, it yeah. in June, and we'll do pre work and. Let's think. June is the month of the Sacred Heart, and there's no better month that I would want to to start something in. You know. Yes, of course. It's and also, my, what, also my birthday month. It's
3: also my birthday month. <laughs> we'll we'll do we'll do the June thing, and then uh, we'll, we'll Jordan, we'll we'll have, uh, we. Jordan, we make us a little little thing that says like Biblecast dropping June 2021. Okay, should we June call it, Should 21? we come up with
2: a name? We need to come up with a name. The Crunch
3: Biblecast. That's pretty good.
2: Uh, crunch on the Bible.
3: Uh, chewing you, on the word. How do you feel about?
2: <laughs> how do you feel about Bible Crunch?
3: Bible Crunch. I like that. I like that.
2: Uh, Bible Crunch is good. I, vote in the comments below uh, what you think the, Bible the name crunch. of the Biblecast should be bible crunch crunch on the bible
3: facebook.com slash groups slash the crunch cast to to tell us what you want uh patreon.com slash the crunch to have access to the other facebook group that's even more fun even more exclusive oh yeah and uh yeah and then and then join uh join join patreon five dollars are up and you'll get access to the bible crunch when it comes out
2: that's the way to do it baby
3: This sounds like we're launching a real podcast. I know. I can't believe it only took us four years to come out with an actual podcast.
2: I can't believe we started this podcast four years ago so that we could start this podcast now. It's just (laughs) crazy how that works. Um, Okay, I got to get going. Thank you, Patrick, for recording this podcast with me. Absolutely. I love podcasting with you. You're a good friend of mine. I love you. I love you too. Uh, Do you have anything else for the people?
3: Let's get those grapes
2: gotta get those grapes thank you all for listening please pray for us we will be praying for you and we will see you all next week
1: everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich